and it was good to、uh, visit Chinatown here. I was like, what is this place? Like,、yeah. because. I think a lot of people when they come to Chinatown, they think that's just how, you know, it's just exactly the same as what you would experience overseas. For those who are Chinese and Chinese immigrants would know, like, no, actually, Chinatown is a uniquely Chinese immigrant experience. Hello and happy International Women's Day. That was Connie Chan. The current supervisor in District One. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, we meet Connie and learn about her early life. She was elected supervisor in 2020 and assumed office just more than a year ago. D1 basically comprises the inner and outer Richmond. Connie was born in Hong Kong and spent her first five years there. Then her family moved to Taiwan, where they lived until she was 13. An aunt and uncle already lived here in Chinatown, and after Connie's dad passed away, her mom moved her and her brother here to be with family. A lot of this episode is about a young Chinese immigrant navigating the experience of living in a new place. But for Connie, having the network of family and friends already well established did wonders for her and her family. Here's Connie. We took office in 2021,、yeah. and it was still even then it was still not in person. All、right. of us was sitting in our own office, and then on just staring at each other on Zoom. Okay,、uh, I would say officially in person was really when everybody was vaccinated,、mm-hmm. and it's June later that, or less. Yeah,、summer. like May or June,、okay. like in 2021, that we then suddenly all in the same room、mm-hmm. in chamber,、mm-hmm. and then at one point we I don't know if you remember at one point like June that we get to not have your mask,、yeah. so we have our mask off and hang out in the chamber, all 11 of us plus our clerks and yeah, and and sent,、uh, city attorney and it was just like a moment. Totally. It, it was. It really was. I would say it was a game changer for me, at least. Yeah. Communicating with my colleagues in person. Right. Amazing. So many things we took for <laughs> granted. Yes. They, I guess it, it, one of the silver linings, I think, of the pandemic is realizing that, realizing those privileges that we just day to day that we just take for granted. It's the reason I look forward to next week. Yeah. Because it's happening again. Yeah.、Um, you know, I, I know that we. I think, if anything. You know, one thing that I learned that is certain in pandemic is you just have to be adaptive、mm-hmm. of the uncertainty.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah. So、um, we're still in Lunar New Year celebration. Totally. So happy New Year. Happy New Year.、Um, and. Who the heck am I talking to? <laughs> well, my name is Connie Chan.、Uh, now, officially, I am the District One Supervisor for San Francisco's Board of Supervisors. Yes, you are. You also happen to be my supervisor. <laughs> However, many of your parents, grandparents, any family ancestors, but let's go back to where, and and prior to even your birth, where you come from. Well, I. Was born in Hong Kong,、um, but my family、uh, came from China to Hong Kong, and and that's both for my dad and my mom's families, and their families went to Hong Kong, and and that's where they met, and that's how I was born,、uh, along with my brother, my younger brother.、Uh, so we were born in Hong Kong, and then、uh, we then also moved to Taiwan, and、okay. and that's where I had my grade school. Oh, okay. 
yeah it was it was good and so my family i still have some families living in hong kong right now mm -hmm. uh, but uh, my mom's sister older sister and her uh, brother-in-law were the first one really uh, from the family to decided to uh, come to uh, united states okay and san francisco was the town that they decided to settle couple things I want to know going back really quickly. I love to hear the story, if you know it, of how your parents met. You said they, both of their families lived in, in Hong Kong. Do you know the story of how they met each other? Totally. Uh, okay. My dad actually uh, was um, a police officer, Ooh, okay. but specifically he was working with youth. And it's okay. like, uh, it's sort of what we in San Franciscans would know as community policing. Okay. It's like a police officer working with youth and making sure they don't like, you know, get in trouble. Do things that youth do. Yes. <laughs> and then meanwhile, my mom was a social worker. Oh. And like, you know, working with youth too. So mm -hmm. that was how they met. Okay. Um, and, and Was it one kid that, that brought them together? Yeah. I have no <laughs> idea. I think it's a group of kid. Yeah. So they did a lot of stuff together as like getting the kids to like camping and barbecue mm -hmm. and just youth activities and that you would actually do with camp. Mm -hmm. I think that's how they met. I think okay. they met at youth camp. That's Can you believe it? That's cute. <laughs> So that, that's my parents. But they met and got married in Hong Kong? In Hong Kong. And you and your brother were born there, is that yeah, correct? Okay. Yeah. And how old were y'all, or how old were you when you moved to Taiwan? I was six. Okay, so you remember that. Totally. You like, had memories of living in Hong Kong also a little bit. Yeah, and also because throughout the years we also went back went and back. visit. Right. And my, my grandparents, when they were alive, you know, we... we went back and visit them. And my aunt and my uncles are still there too. My dad had, um, he had um, nine siblings. Oh, wow. One sister, one younger sister, and all of them were younger brothers. Do you have him. a million cousins? Or? I do have a million cousins. <laughs> and it's like when we went back to Hong Kong for like family gathering, like you literally have to book like a banquet room. Right. Right, because it's like not only that, especially now this age, well, my, my dad passed and my grandparents passed. Thank I'm you. Um, but it's still like I have my auntie and uncles and they have their kids, which now all my cousins now also have their kids. And in fact, mm. one of my cousins actually is also now a grandparent. Oh, wow. So there's two more generations now. Oh, my now goodness. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty amazing uh, when, wow. I, when I go back. Yeah. Are you, do you, like, are you kind of in touch and friendly with all of them, most of your cousins? I have to be honest, I don't remember all my cousins' names. Because there's so many, <laughs> right? So, there's, so there are cousins that I kind of grew up with because we're closer in age, and then absolutely. You know, but I have cousins who are older. I have cousins that are also way younger. Okay. So just a lot of them. Yeah. So I, I do have cousins that I really am close to yeah. and, and remember them and hang out with them. And, and we uh, actually, uh, it's WhatsApp. It's the yeah. app that we use to sure. stay in touch. International, it's, totally. it's good for that. Yes. Um, how about what was your, both in Hong Kong and um, in Taiwan, what was home life like with your parents and your brother? It was, you know. Were you all a close family? or Very. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think that like I was born in 78, okay. 1978. Uh, and so it, by the time... You know, in Taiwan, my grade school, first grade, and through sixth grade, that's where I was. Okay. Um, it's the eight. It was in the eighties. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it was very different then, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the eighties. Like parents were definitely very, very busy. Mm -hmm. They're working, and uh, you sort of given a key. 
mm-hmm. and then you you are kind of on your own. You drop off at school, Latch or you key. actually walk to school. Yeah, you know, on your own, and then you have your key, and then you kind of walk home by yourself. Latchkey, your right? Is yeah. what they call it. Yeah, similar to here. a lot of kids here yeah. in that time. And and I think that was sort of the trend globally. Mm-hmm. Like parents are super busy. You know, their view of their kids is like. Hey, you you can walk and you got a key. Mm-hmm. You can speak, mm-hmm. and so you're fine. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. do your homework and then you walk home. So yeah. that was that was uh, me and my brother. So okay, it's interesting to hear. You know, half a world away that you were having similar experiences yeah. to a lot of kids here. Um, what about? Pop culture was that big for you? Oh, huge! Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like who didn't know Michael Jackson? Yeah. And so it was it was huge and Ghostbuster. Um, <laughs> those yeah. are those those were the times and yeah. and so even I, I do have to say but even then though like we're obviously a bit uh, behind mm-hmm. in terms of like what the, the movies that you can mm-hmm. get and shows that you can get and the music that you can get because mm-hmm. they're not immediately distributed. Not like today. Today you have social media. Everybody gets online and, and download music Instant. and movies, right? Yeah. But, but it take a while because yeah. of the cassette tape and oh, <laughs> yes. don't get to you as oh, as yes. fast and as soon and then and uh, then you you get to buy them at night market mm-hmm. sometimes they're bootleg i'm not gonna lie sure but sometimes <laughs> yeah. those bootlegs are just as good as the absolutely because be you're just as fascinated yeah um so those were those that's how i grew up in, yeah. in taiwan did you have mtv no, no, okay. we did not have MTV, okay. but we did have Cosby Show. Isn't it weird? Oh, okay, that's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. <laughs> but in the moment, it was so big. Yeah. Everyone loved that yeah. show. Yeah, well, there are plenty of shows, but but there was also I I wouldn't say censorship, but I think mm. I would say that family friendly shows that are right. selected. How about that? Yes, so, that works. You that know, works. Uh, uh, for for the audience oversee. Yeah. Okay, well, I can't really, unless there's anything else you want to talk about before your family came to the U.S. Um, well, I, I, I think what it's fascinating is that, like, my mom as a social worker, also as a piano teacher, you know, then, um, and, and my uncle who came, before he came, he was a, a university professor, and my aunt uh, was a Cantonese opera singer. Mm, wow. But I think the moment they came to the U.S., mm-hmm. um, they are they they become their jobs mm-hmm. uh, or the way they make a living mm-hmm. uh, significantly change. Yeah, and I think that's a, 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 the stories of immigrant. Yeah, who they were versus who they end up here and how they can survive um, really changed the way they view not just life in general. Mm-hmm. I think that it changed the way they view life for their kids. Yeah. And it must have been different for artists, I would think. Like your your Yeah. Your aunt and uncle. Yeah, my, my aunt, she was an uh, Cantonese opera singer. She just loved to sing. Mm-hmm. And when she was in Hong Kong, like that's pretty much like she just practiced her singing and that was her daily routine. But the moment she came here she um, had to make a living. Mm-hmm. And so um, the one and only job that she felt that she could really do was a dim sum waitress. And the reason why I didn't just say waitress, but dim sum waitress, specifically, because it was very different then. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dim sum waitress, uh, then, she came uh, during the 70s, uh, you know, is uh, in Chinatown, in San Francisco's Chinatown, and it's very small restaurants, and they, it's it's a steamer, 
The cart that you right. have to carry. Oh, the the steamer itself. Yeah, no cart. No cart. Oh goodness. And like you carry a big steamer and it go around your neck and it's like a big old steamers with little dim sum uh, trays mm -hmm. uh, in the steamer and and then they also have a belt to make sure it wrap around you so you don't you, so it doesn't lose yeah. you don't lose it yeah and oh then God. you walk around and you call out the tray that you're carrying like the dish that you're carrying and right. then people will come and then you open the steamer and then you hand Other the tray hand and, yeah, yeah because you know and they're actually glass dish really right like yeah. and, you know because back in the day it's like there's no not really plastic, so to speak. Right. And so that was how she, that was her first gig. My goodness. And my uncle, who was a university professor um, in Hong Kong, and he was a teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, but the moment he came and he, for his trade, the only thing that he could find, and but it was actually a good paying job comparing to a lot of immigrants end up have to do. He was a book keeper okay for empress of china oh wow and like he would be at the bottom like um floor of the empress of china with his like little bookkeeping because he can speak english mm -hmm. and um and 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 chinese mm -hmm. and so bookkeeping was was huge because then you can like try to figure out tax law and mm, it's well. not quite the accountant right right yet. bookkeeping yeah but just it's bookkeeping. Yeah. It, but, but it was still critical because yeah. you've got to be able to read papers right <laughs> and in english make sense of numbers and yes. all that stuff um okay so it sounds like it wasn't just your immediate family it sounds like that's right some of your aunts and uncles and other people came um do you know who maybe who was first and why San Francisco? Not that it's unheard of, but you know, right. could have been LA, could have been Seattle, True. could have been anywhere. Ultimately, That's right. do you That's know right. why San Francisco? Why Chinatown. Yeah, it's really because of Chinatown. Okay, I think that at that time, that San Francisco's Chinatown is known and established, and as much as so much reason why we had Chinatown because of discrimination and racism mm -hmm. that you cannot go anywhere but this space. Mm -hmm. It also became a haven for mm -hmm. immigrants. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where they they have a network mm -hmm. of each other and they can help each other to find jobs and mm -hmm. help each other find housing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there are people who came before them or us that were able to own land and own building right. that then what they do in return for their community is to lease out rooms Within to other immigrants, yeah, yeah. you know, and because, you know what, when you're immigrants, you actually don't have credit. Right. And you, without credit, starting from scratch, you cannot lease even an apartment or a room. Right. And so the only way that is the trust that you would have is that you uh, know somebody okay. and they're willing to lease you a room or apartment. Okay. Really just more like rooms. Right. Is that what your family did? or Yeah. You, you all moved to Ch Chinatown? To Chinatown okay. on Jackson Street okay. uh, between Stockton and Grand in oh. this one-bedroom apartment. All four of you. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Yeah, because my aunt and uncle and then my, my, my mom and my brother and I. Okay. And we were kids, so me and my mom and my aunt shared the bedroom. My brother slept on the couch, mm -hmm. and my uncle had a partitioner, you know, in the living room, and with his bed. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, my first year uh, in San Francisco. Was this your first 
time to come to San Francisco? Had you visited at all? I visited the year before I came. I want to hear that story because yeah. I love hearing people's first impressions. Of- yeah. Well, it was very strange. I don't think it was the usual um, because I play Chinese mandolin. Oh, okay. And my brother played Chinese flute. And we were part of this classical Chinese band so to speak or like a symphony yeah and we're like little kids yeah we're I was you know sixth grader fifth grader and my brother was a little bit younger he's a year younger than I so we were we came here to perform Mm -hmm. it was the year before and it just so happened San Francisco was one of the stops because we stopped many different places to perform we went to San Diego as well and but San Francisco was one of the stops Uh, so my mom was like your aunt and uncle live in San Francisco so when you go like let's go and 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 my mom was a chaperone uh, with with us so then she came with us and uh, we visited my aunt and uncle and I get a chance to perform and as well so it was it was a lot of fun yeah how many was it a short trip short stay here or two weeks oh two weeks it was only a two weeks visit and you get to go to two different places yeah. and perform what other things did you do in, in that in those two weeks or did you we visit Yellowstone oh wow we visited Hawaii yeah. like it, and we uh, perform along the way yeah. and it's supposed to be sort of this education trip yeah and you learn to perform so you learn like you know, American culture, um, you get to eat McDonald's. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, in Taiwan, we had McDonald's, we had Wendy's, yeah. but it was sort of like this amazing uh, American culture. Not everybody eats burger, right? right it was just right. weird. And beef is just this amazing thing that yeah. you have. And and fries. <laughs> oh, and, God. and it was just, so it was a it was a good trip. The Yellowstone. That's I know. you said education. And yeah. I I mean, I've been to Yellowstone a couple of times. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it, and and educational the whole time. I remember just learning and then all the animals, all the geo like the the volcano that's under the lake and all that amazing stuff. It was. And you know, for a kid at that time was like 11, 12 year old, you know, it was amazing in a sense that I'm learning uh, also, by the way, English. I was going to ask because yeah. everything was in Chinese. Did you know English? No, not at all. Okay. Like, so it was like a chance to sort of like hearing people speaking English mm-hmm. and you try to like learn about it. And in every places you go, they're all in English. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, I'm learning and then also translating because mm-hmm. now you're going back and forth. It's like, oh, this is what it is in English and this is what it, it was in Chinese. So it was it was an experience. Mm-hmm. And um, what language did you? Grew up learning I, or speaking. Oh, I was born in Hong Kong, so my family um, speak. Uh, they spoke uh, Cantonese. Cantonese. Um, but during my grade school education in Taiwan, it was in Mandarin. Oh, so I'm one of the very lucky few that I can have both. Okay. And and when I came here to the states, my mom insists that we tried everything we could to speak both. Okay. And then definitely at home, it's like a lot more Cantonese, but. Mm-hmm. I think once you have your education, your your elementary education, your grade school education in that language, it kind of just stuck with you. It's there, yeah. Yeah. So I and and Mandarin, it's always my go-to. Okay. Um, when I write. Oh, interesting. In Chinese, then right. it's always like I'm writing it in Mandarin. Right. Um, that first trip the year before you all, you all moved. How long did you stay in San Francisco? Was it just one one or two nights or something? Uh, really yeah. short. Yep. Very okay, short. so you didn't get to do much. No. 
Okay. No, but it was good to have family mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. and it was good to uh, visit Chinatown here. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is this place? Like, yeah. Because I think a lot of people, when they come to Chinatown, they think this is how, you know, it's just exactly the same as what you would experience overseas. For those who are Chinese and Chinese immigrants would know, like, no, actually, Chinatown is a uniquely Chinese immigrant experience. Mm. It's not, it, it's, it's really uh, immigrants' interpretation of what home should be. But in them. a new place. But in a new place. Yeah. yeah. Like your food, not all the ingredients that you can get right. from overseas. Right. So with whatever you can get here, what would that home cooking be like? Mm-hmm. And here we are, sweet, sour, and pork. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, what's the other one? And fry wonton. Uh, yeah, oh my God, I'm blanking on the other one. And definitely fortune cookies. Yeah, not unheard of, right, yeah. in China. Yeah. Wow, okay, so then now, a year later, when you're, f- you're and you said your mom decided to move you yeah. all to, and, but, um, where you were going was not totally unfamiliar. Right. You're like, oh, that place I went. Yeah, that's last right. Year. Did San Francisco stand out on that trip that you had taken in any way? Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, the San Francisco had the best food <laughs> for still, the entire still. trip. Yeah. I mean, like, I loved my McDonald's at that time, <laughs> and and it was it was good. But San Francisco just have all the options that I yeah. I thought that was the best. Yeah. So I I did say to my mom, if we ever move to United States, and if we're gonna settle in one place, I just think that San Francisco is the place to be. Okay, so maybe you had a little bit of, of influence on that. Totally, I, I not totally not because of my aunt and uncle at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Um, okay, so you said you were 13? Yeah. So it's like 1991, 92 yes, or so? Yes, 91, yeah. 90, okay, 90, 91. okay. Do you want to tell us, I mean, did what what was that like when you got here? What were you doing? Were you going to school? Where were you going to school? That kind of thing. Yeah, I, I started off a summer at Benjamin Franklin Middle School, and it no longer exists, um, but it was, uh, it was on... Gary, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it was an interesting uh, experience. At the, my first day of school, I I was punched in the face. Oh goodness! In a in a locker room. Oh, it was it was it was crazy. Yeah. But but it was also the you know the moment of like, oh okay, it's a little bit rough and tumble here. Um, I just need to learn, mm-hmm. and and I did, and uh, I also learned to love, uh, or learn to eat cafeteria food. Okay, and the cafe, <laughs> <Not love. laughs> right? And just you know the cafeteria food system. I learned to have what a, having a locker means. Yeah. Um, and I learned uh, how to take the bus. Muni. Uh, yeah, to how learn how to take Muni. From from where you Chinatown. were staying in Chinatown, okay. yeah, okay. and the thirty eight Gary maybe thirty eight Gary, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it was uh, thirty Stockton, thirty Stockton, and then thirty eight the Gary. Yes. So that was a tran- learn how to transfer. Mm-hmm. Learn how to transfer. Well, but then eventually you get a pass. So so. You but just, before that, it was the paper. Yeah. With the paper time transfer. torn off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That was that was so good. But it also just learn how to get around. Mm-hmm. You know, in general, um, it it was fascinating. It was a great experience. And then high.
high school definitely was a different ball game. I went okay. to Galileo High School. Okay. So I get to also, if I wanted to, I could walk yeah, to school. Yeah, right. Um, but I also think that, see, in my opinion, Galileo High was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was right by Fisherman's Wharf. Mm-hmm. It was right by Aquatic Park. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing view. And there's Up on also, the hill. right? Mm-hmm. And then there's also Fort Mason. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just amazing. And, and, and uh, be it Marina or be it uh, Chinatown, it's just a bus ride away. Yeah. Uh, and the hills. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, Talking oh my the goodness, hills. <laughs> the, the hills on my way home, you know, uh, I was only 14, yeah. so it was perfect. Yeah. I had a lot of you energy. You handle it. Yeah. yeah. Backpack, sure. I, I'll carry it over the hill. Yeah. Nothing hurts on a like chronic daily no. basis. Uh-huh. It's just like you might get hurt, but you're like, eh, I'm a kid. I'm, I'm yes. cool. Yeah. And in good shape from walking around. Did you yeah. walk a lot? Or I did. Yeah. I walk all over. And uh, it was, you know, there was a tower record. Oh yeah, down there on Columbus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And on my so on my way to school, uh, you get to I got to browse a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, in I, I don't know if you remember, but Tower Records also have like those little uh, headphones that you can listen to the music. Oh, yeah. So it was just a treat on my way after school. I, I hung out with my friends and at Tower Records, and you listen to music and also how I learned English, a lot of English through music. Through music. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. Because back then the little CD uh, on there, they also give you lyrics the liner notes yes. yeah so you get to listen to it and then i can kind of read along with it learning that awesome was um i was gonna ask about making friends it sounds like you you were able to make friends that's why san francisco was the best because there was a lot of immigrant right you know it's very diverse yeah. and i didn't feel like i was lonely there was a lot of immigrant kids and yeah. it was great to live in Chinatown awesome. and because there is already a community there mm-hmm. to support you mm-hmm. and you didn't feel uh, an outsider mm-hmm. because there are many immigrants, uh, they're new ones, they're old ones, mm-hmm. you know, they all, the old ones will share the experience with the newer ones and uh and it's it's been for me personally in San Francisco uh it's greatest greatest source of strength yeah that community Mm -hmm. awesome i do want to talk about your high school days but um what about like was there anywhere else in the city that you were going besides maybe school or you know back home like were were you roaming around were you going around the bay area were you going around northern california like what kind of stuff were you seeing so as a teenager, no. I mean, I was very, I mean, you go to school every day. And then on the weekends, I Chinatown really was where I was. Mm-hmm. And my mom was working uh, as a claim processor okay. uh, at Chinese Hospital. In fact, she actually took City College that was formerly at the Philbert location. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she, that's how she learned English. That's how she learned uh, computer skills so that she can land her first job. Mm-hmm. Um, and she worked really hard, you know. And and, and she wasn't, um, ha- she didn't have a lot of time mm-hmm. uh, to spend with me uh, or my brother. Mm-hmm. So we, we just being at home in, in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, that was good enough. Yeah. That really was. Uh, I didn't really enjoy, I should say, San Francisco beyond Chinatown mm-hmm. until I graduated from UC Davis. Oh, okay. And came home. Okay. That was my first time. Yeah. I was over 21 as a grown-up for the first time that I <laughs> yes. could go to bars, 
you did say enjoy. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! You know, to to just come home as a as a young adult, mm -hmm. you know, at 21 years old, a little bit older than 21, and just kind of just checking out San Francisco in a whole different point of view. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not the same San Francisco I grew up in, because, you know, Chinatown was all I know, mm -hmm. uh, or all I knew. And then suddenly it was a whole new world. I, I explored mission. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, and also when you're older, you get to ride the bus in a, and you didn't have to worry about what time you have to make it home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, I got to ride the bus to just randomly roam around the city. Awesome. And, and walk around the city. And so that was very, very different. This must have been right around 2000. Uh, so, so after 9-11. Yeah. After 9-11. Okay. Yeah. This is now um, getting, I moved here in 2000. Yeah. And I was spending a lot of time in the mission. So we, I'm sure we've been in the same place. But it was a, such a times. different mission such then. Such a different, such a different mission. Right? It, yeah. it was like you kind of watch your steps yeah. with 16 and mission. Yeah. But then you get to enjoy like so much uh, like Food. So many different types of food. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and if you have $10 in your pocket, then uh, you you get a good meal. Yeah. That lasts you entire day. Mm -hmm. Like you get you get a good drink and then and a good, I don't know, burrito somewhere. I was going to say, not just burritos. Right. <laughs> but, but not but a burrito just burrito. <laughs> or like some greasy Chinese food. Totally. Like yeah. that is so awesome. And, and greasy dim sum somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it was awesome for my for my uh, time as young adult that was supervisor Connie Chan on the next episode of storied San Francisco hear the rest of Connie's journey to becoming district one supervisor part two drops Thursday wherever you listen to podcasts Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 180 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review the show so we can reach even more folks. We love email, and we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.